Coach Ben here, and you are listening to The BenchCast, your first stop for strength talk and all things bench press. Now, kick back, relax, and let us entertain you. And remember, you can meet us on the bench. I'm with Small Arm Leg Strong. We got a great show for you today. Super pumped about this one. Talking about like designing a training day. Uh, what consists of a training session. And some of my top picks in terms of exercises to improve your bench press. Um, so this is going to be a good one, guys. You're going to learn a lot. First off, first order of business. We got some new stuff coming out here that I want to update y'all on. Uh, one is we got a new website. So go check that out, bigbenches.com as usual, but it changed over to a new site. We now have a Shopify site. So now when you order your t-shirts and apparel, they will ship to you much quicker than I could have sent them before. So now we're talking about two, three day turnarounds, um, depending on your shipping preference, but um, you will get your stuff very quick. All right, so no more waiting. So if you've ordered in the past and we had a little bit of a delay there, um, we'll be able to get these out to you very quick. So check out what we got there. Um, We got some new baseball tees, got beanies. I'm actually working on a Big Bench's clock design. I think that'll be really cool. I'm going to hang that up in my office. But I got the clock design coming out, so that'll be be fun. Um, Trying to play around with some new apparel for you guys, so keep, keep checking that out. Um, the newsletter, um, getting that rolling. Um, so make sure if you go on bigbenches.com, you sign up for the newsletter because uh, I got a lot of good content coming out on there. And we are now bringing back the ebook offer. So our 31 page ebook is now available for free. All you got to do is subscribe to the newsletter. There's going to be great content there anyway, but you're going to receive a download link for the ebook. Uh, there is bench programming in there that you can run. There is our top cues for the bench press. There's a lot of great information in that ebook. One of my favorite projects I've done. It's stockpiled with a lot of great stuff. Um, and that's yours free. That's my gift. Just sign up for the newsletter. Um, and we have some new bench clinics coming out. We got one October 28th. That is a Sunday, 10.30 a.m., Oceanside, New York. That's at Zen Athletic Performance, my friend um, Ben Coran's gym down there. Um, that'll be Long Island, New York, for those wondering where Oceanside is. That is Long Island, New York. If you want to make the trip down or you are local, make sure you check that out. That is a $50 entry, and you're going to want to sign up soon because that is the early bird pricing. It's going to go up a little bit soon. Uh, plus, I want to make sure I get your T-shirt ordered because uh, if, you know, if you're going to spend 30 bucks for a T-shirt, you might as well come to a bench clinic, get your t-shirt, and get a shit ton of knowledge for 20 bucks more. All right, so if you are local, guys, come on down. Um, if you want to plan a, a trip down on October 28th, I'd love to meet you. We're going to go over a lot of great stuff. And we will be done by NFL kickoff, 1 o'clock. All right, so don't worry about that, football fans. Um, and then another opportunity, upstate New York. November 30th, that is a Friday at 6.30 p.m. That is at Dave Kingwater's meetup at the Fitness Mill. Um, and that at, is at um, New York Mills, New York. That is upstate New York. 
So for anyone in the upstate area, I don't know what's what's upstate around there statewise. Massachusetts is not a huge huge drive. Um, Vermont, New Hampshire, whatever the hell's to the left of New York upstate, <laughs> Canada. If you're in Canada, cross the border. It's gonna be a great time. Uh, might as well do the meet too. We're gonna have a table at the meet. I'm gonna do the clinic that Friday night before. Um, so it'll be a good time. So those are some things coming up. And if you want to give us some feedback on the website, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, so just shoot me a message, Instagram, Facebook, email, however you can get a hold of me. We'd love to hear from you. All right, so we got Instagram live going. We are going to record this bench cast, and uh, we're taking questions if anyone has them, comments, whatever. Um, Brian of the Full Corbs, he's, he's already uh, live on the IG Talking about that big Red Sox wins. They're moving on to the ALCS. Big win over the Yankees. Destroyed them on game three. Um, Absolutely huge. Yeah, 16 Dominant. to 1. Like, as a Red Sox fan, you love seeing that, but I, I couldn't even watch that game. I mean, at a certain point, I just kind of wanted to go to bed. But I always love a good stomping, stomping mud hole in them, as Stone Cold would say. But uh, they that was the last night was a real close one. Uh, came down to the ninth. Uh, Yankees started putting some runs on the board. It was like bases loaded, one out, uh, and they were able to stop them. I was nervous for a second. I was getting nervous there, but um, they pulled it through, and they're on. They've been a great team all year, so we'll see what they can do. Um, and if you're a Yankees fan, sorry for your loss, but you know that's what happens for being a Yankees <laughs> fan. You know. Um, so we're talking training day design, uh, how a training day is structured. And I wanted to put in some of my, my favorite moves here as well. Um, Before and, you go there, because I know you're going to address this, just Victor powerlifting. So what are your uh, top three exercises for each part of the bench? Getting out of the hole, the middle, and the lockout. Best exercises. And I told him, a lot of pause work. The more pausing, the better. Yeah, so um, to address that quick, um, might as well get into it. We're going to kind of touch on this stuff. but um, So down at chest level, um, pause work. Always, you know, Spoto down there. Just, you got to live in the spot that you're weakest. Uh, Mid-range, you could probably find a lot of success doing isometrics. But then again, you got to um, really understand, do you truly have a mid-range issue or do you have a setup issue? A lot of times, and we've done a video on this in the past at the whiteboard here, um, a lot of times lifters confuse mid-range trouble or lockout trouble um, with weak triceps or whatever because they're not in an optimal position to press. They're either heaving the bar, they're collapsing. Something's going on with the setup. So uh, if you're having mid-range trouble, I'd first actually just look at what's going on with your setup and if you're heaving the bar and all that. So that'll help you get through mid-range. Um, if you truly do have a mid-range problem, isometrics, like I said, um, been doing some of that with our lifters, pressing into the pins. So it's a great tool because... It allows you to express maximal force for a certain amount of time. You usually could press it into the rack for like five seconds, but you're expressing max effort force through that very specific window. Um, I believe research says you can gain strength 15 um, degrees plus minus that specific range of motion. So um, very good tool for helping you get past that certain sticking point if you truly have a sticking point there. Um, and again, off the chest, all pause stuff, really. You just got to live down there. And then lockout, uh, 
I wouldn't really see a raw lifter having a true lockout issue um, again unless they're heaving. Um, but usually doesn't happen with raw lifters. More or less, if you're having a lockout issue, and we're talking just that final little elbow extension, I mean, that's what I think you're getting at because mid-range is pretty much like lockout. Um, if you're talking truly just that little end range there, um, that's usually a shirted lifter's issue most of the time. And what I've been doing is high board, a lot of like partial range of motion lifts. High board's great. So a three board for me, um, that's that's like right there, final extension. So what I'll do is I'll usually at the end of the, the main work or even um, if I burn out, if I do like a two board burnout um, and then I throw on the three board right at the end there and I just hit the last few, um, you'd be surprised how hard this little movement right there becomes. And uh, that comes a real struggle, but I burn the shit out of that. Um, things like floor press, stuff like that. But then again, also just in terms of getting a training effect in your lifts, focusing on always locking out your lifts. A lot of times why that develops is because you shortchange yourself on the lockout to begin with, and you never train that, that final bit. So make sure every single rep you're doing, you're locking it out hard, and you're always stressing good lockout. I think that has been the biggest thing for me because I did have an issue there where I, I had a few meets I got really lucky on with the lockout call but um, just training full lockout all the time making sure my weights are locked out to the fullest that has been the biggest thing for me alright hope that answers your question we're taking questions if you guys want to drop them down below if you are watching on the IG live alright um, I'm going to tell you I just I just figured out about refills at Starbucks. Took me long enough. I know you told me I could with the gold card, but I, I just didn't for some reason. I went up to her and I gave her the cup, and she was like, "God, take this lid off." And I was like, "All right." Um, gave her the cup, filled it right up, and I've been double dipping, so to say, <laughs> Starbucks ever since. Pounding one coffee, grabbing another, but um, that's fueling my uh, bench cast right now. Got the second dose of Starbucks coffee. I tell you though, I don't really like Starbucks coffee in terms of taste. Is it just strong enough to get you through? It's just strong enough. Um, Duncan puts me asleep, so that's out. But I like Panera, to be honest with you. And I think a lot of people have Panera bread. I don't even think it's pronounced right, but... Pa whatever you call it. <laughs> Everyone always makes fun of my Panera bread. I, I've never been to Panera. I've never had like the urge to like go get a coffee from there either. They have really good coffee. I'm not the only one to say that. Listen, I, I go to weird, like, hipster spots, so they have, like, that real strong coffee. Yeah, so you gotta look around yeah. a little bit. Yeah, but if around, you're like, not little, in the area, if you're not in the area, then, I mean, you kind of, you, you go to Starbucks. You used to work at Starbucks, right? So you're familiar with what's going yeah. on there. So, um, yeah, got my Starbucks refill, so that's fueling me today. But uh, let me know if you like Starbucks, you're watching. I'm not a big fan. Anyway, let's get into the training day design. All right, so we're talking how to structure your training day and some of my favorite movements here. So the first thing you want to start off with in your training day is your main movement. Okay, your main movement is the bread and butter. That's the meat, all right, the meat and potatoes. Or your secondary movement might be the potatoes, but this is the meat. This is your protein. This is what you need. Um, this exercise is what's giving you your major training stimulus. So if you're benching, it's probably going to be a full range of motion movement, okay? It really depends on 
what's going on with your lifter, all right, or what's going on with your particular weakness. Uh, if you have a real true mid-range weakness, maybe you just do a partial range of motion lift for your main movement. But again, this is your major training stimulus for the day. I mean, if this is all you all you do for the training session, this is going to do something for you. It's going to cause an adaptation. So main movement, super important, and how you structure that and what you choose to do um, of the utmost importance because, again, this is your meat. This is your steak on the plate, all right? So you want to have a good main movement picked out. For example, I just did a meet. Um, so I'm going back to a real full range of motion because when you're in a full setup, it's almost partial-like because you're in such a great arch um, and you're using so much to your advantage, but now I'm just going feet up, so I can't arch as much. I can't cut as much range of motion, and my grip's a little bit closer. So, for example, my main movement as of late, you can see here on the whiteboard, uh, you can't really see, but I have it written down, is feet up bench press um, Spoto style. So, oftentimes you can throw some variations in there too, but that is my stake right now, is feet up benching. Okay, and I, I just did a 6 by 5 all right, um, you know, the volume going to depend on the lifter, but that is my meat right now doing a feet up bench. Um, and this could be anything depending on what phase uh, or what part of your uh, training program that you're in, um, your training cycle. If you're close to a meet, it's going to have to be something that is relatively close to what you're going to do at the meet. So if you're within six weeks, especially of your meet, you need to be doing the bench press how you would perform it at the meet. So that's full setup, full range of motion. If you're further out from meet, maybe you go partial range on some of these things to address a weakness but um, or feed up like I am right now, a variation that's going to allow a larger range of motion. But um, that, again, main movement is so important. That is your meat. And then we're talking potatoes. We're going to throw some potatoes on that plate, start filling it up a little bit. All right, portion control. we got to get some carbs in there. Um, secondary movement. Usually a, it's going to be a movement that is extremely similar to your main movement. So if you're benching, um, you're pretty much benching again in some capacity. Uh, oftentimes a variation or partial range of motion. So I'm just sticking to relative to the bench press, but this is relative to all the lifts as well. Um, same with deadlift squat. But um, secondary movement includes this is your meat and potatoes this is your your main course so if you're talking 80 20 rule and i'm really big on the 80 20 rule um that is 80 percent the results come from 20 percent the work you're doing this is your 80 percent or this is your 20 percent work that's giving you those 80 percent results um have you ever heard of that 80 20 rule oh, yeah, before yeah so i mean that that applies to anything but um this is the stuff, guys. If you don't do any accessories at all, um, as long as you get your meat and potatoes in, and a lot of people skimp on the potatoes too, but I'm included in there because that's important. But uh, if all you do is just this bench work, I mean, you are doing enough to potentially push yourself and make progress. Um, the accessories, again, make up that 20% extra. Um, so they aren't the end-all, be-all, but they certainly help complete that plate, making it 100%. But... Main movement, secondary movement. Need to get those in. Some secondary movements that I program in on the bench press, um, let's relate it to my training, for example. Usually a partial range of motion because in the shirt, 
you got to think you're getting assistance in that bottom range. So maybe right now in off-season type work, I'm trying to build up that bottom range, just trying to get my bench stronger raw overall. However, as I get closer to the meat, that's going to adjust a lot to what I'm struggling with in the shirt. Um, so say it is an end range type of difficulty, I'm doing a lot of um, floor press, doing a lot of uh, close grip board pressing, I'm doing a lot of board pressing with bands, anything to really stress that end range of motion. All right? So I'm really trying to attack where I'm weakest or trying to address um, a really big weak point. All right, so that is really the goal, the secondary movement. Um, and those exercises I just told you about are favorites of mine. I really like throwing bands on to my benching. You do have to be careful. Sometimes that will beat up your elbows for a lot of people just because of how it kicks in. But I find it a lot easier to control the tension than with chains. Um, you ever bench with bands often at all? Oh yeah, of course. The, the big do, thing with do you, bands. What do you like between like chains and bands? You got a feel difference. It's hard to set up the chains. The big thing with bands is you can keep them in your gym bag. If you go to a commercial gym, you, you can always have bands. Yeah, and people but, rarely have chains. Right? Yeah, people like if you if you go to a commercial gym, there's no chains, so you're bringing all your own shit. Yeah. So bands is really good if you're traveling a lot. If you go to a commercial gym, if you don't have like that niche powerlifting gym, bands are by far your best friend. Yeah, absolutely. If you're at that commercial gym, and sometimes I lose sight of this guys because I'm I'm spoiled. You know, I got a nice competition bench set up here. Um, you know, the gym and got all everything. So it's just uh, I'm used to that. But then I forget a lot of you train at commercial gyms. Um, and you know, easy way to set this stuff up: bench blocks and put the bands around heavy ass dumbbells because you should be carrying around bands even if it's just for traction on the pad, everyone should have bands. I mean, they have band sales all the time in Elite FTS. I go over it all the time. Um, look for when they have that 30% off band sale and stock up. <laughs> stock up. Get your light bands. Get your monster minis, your mini bands. Um, with, if you're ever uh, training with me, we're using bands uh, at some point during the training cycle for some type of thing. Accessories, traction to the pad, um, doing the close grip, banded, uh whatever you know we're using bands a lot of times you should always have bands guys case in point even if it's just a stretch out great tool um but you can set that up by um if you wanted to do for example that end range lift i'm talking about one of my favorite things and you have to adjust the board height but the great thing about bench blocks is they come in a two through five board so if you're a long monkey arm bencher all right you got a nice five board four board there to play around with for myself i might just use a two or a three Okay, so you put that right on the bar, attaches right to the bar, great product, and you can use our discount code, BIGBENCHES10, you go over to the Bench Blocks website, you do get 10% off there. Um, if you snap that onto the bar, there you go, you don't need anyone's assistance, no one there to hold boards, and then you just throw bands on some heavy ass dumbbells, they ain't going nowhere. Uh, make sure they're set up to where you're going to touch though, and not anywhere else really. Um, we'll pull you out of groove a bit, but um, set those bands up with heavy dumbbells next to the bench, and you're good to go. All right, now you can perform your two to three board uh, close grip benching with bands. And I love the bench uh, or the bands because um, you know you can really adjust the tension on them, and you can get a real nasty snapback right at the top. Uh, it, it really trained that lockout power there. Um, 
And anytime you're doing speed work, two bands are great. Some type of accommodating resistance um, just to get you to continue to push through the lift forcefully. Uh, that's a great, great tool. So that's one of my favorites. Do you have a favorite uh, secondary move that you go to at all? I, I think just more pause work for me. Cause, you know, yeah, off the chest. Yeah, I just need to pause. I just need to really like hammer in the hard stuff. Yeah, so I if, if you watch Elvis Bench, sometimes it's like a little bit of a stability issue down near the um, the chest level. It gets a little um, squirrely. You know, you, anyone, any raw lifter can usually develop that area more. That's the weakest point. So um, traditionally, if you're a raw lifter, you're working with me, that's going to be a large majority of your secondary work. Or even if you're doing another bench day, that's probably a primary movement. Some type of pause work, some type of spoto pressing. Um, and variations of those grips and whatnot, feet up, feet down. Uh, you just got to live down there, guys. Uh, that's, that's the best advice I give any raw lift. You just got to live on the chest. It was always drilled into me, acceleration off the chest, because that, that'll cover up a lot of issues on like lockout. You know, sometimes if you can accelerate faster, it's going to carry its way up. Yeah. Yeah, you got to have that power right off the chest. Uh, definitely help carry you through. And that's a big point, too, the intent that you bench with um sure at like 50 60 percent weight you can sandbag off the chest and you're going to complete the lift but if you're constantly always training explode as fast as possible off the chest especially and to lock out if you carry that explosion through each and every rep think about how much greater of a training effect you're getting over the next guy i mean a tent is huge every session um you have to bring it. You got to come in with the right mindset, and you have to bring it. Um, I always notice, too, when I'm locked in on a task or goal or whatever it may be, um, if I'm locked in and I have an objective in a session and I remind myself the intent needs to be there, that session is a thousand times more productive. You know, right now... Um, I'm starting to really train for the Arnold. I got some goals in mind. The roster's starting to come together, you know, um, pretty much know everyone who's competing and what weight class for the most part. Uh, I just feel locked in, and every time right now I'm benching, I am bringing it with that intent. Uh, I just posted up the, the photo the other day, had a nosebleeder, cracked it open on 225. That had to be a PR. Only two wheels. Usually I'll crack it open like three wheels, but... <laughs> Crack that sucker open two wheels, but I was trying to bend the shit out of it. I was getting myself real pissed off right before those lifts. Um, you know, I was blasting some good music, some good music. I had some new jams, courtesy of Brandon Horn at the gym. He's been playing some jams lately. I've been shazamming the shit out of it, and uh, been playing some jams. And I, I would just get myself amped. I'd be like, "These mother effers, I'm gonna come for that belt." And I was just squeezing the shit out of that bar, and I cracked a good bleeder on 225. Um, and then I took a picture of that and I posted it up. So I doubt that's going to intimidate one person. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was pretty cool. But anyway, um, yeah, that the intent is huge, huge guys. So I move on to accessories. We got our meat and potatoes. Now we got our veggies. You know, and eating the veggies is super important. But again, they're just micronutrients. They're not macros. They're not our protein, carbs, and fats. But our accessories are micronutrients, and they're important too. You know, putting it all together. All right, that's our other twenty percent that we don't want to miss out on, because um, obviously we're trying to get the full one hundred percent we can out of our training. But at the end of the day, we got busy lives, 
And if we can't get some accessories in, it's not the end of the world. All right. The important thing is you're getting your meat potatoes in, and that should be okay for you. Obviously, try to do more, but um, as long as you get that meat potatoes in. I tell my, my busy lifters all the time, and, and sometimes, you know, the lifters just need a good talking to because yep. they just kind of sandbagging. Um, but at least the crew I work with, we got a really good crew, hardworking individuals, and usually they're working all day, and then uh, they just have a hard time fitting training in. And we've cut down on days sometimes, but I always tell them, hey, you know what, as long as you get this main movement and secondary movement in, um, you know, that's that's our objective right now. It's just to get that meat and potatoes in and have good intent doing that. Another thing is, if you can split it up, you know, you're short on time in the morning, short on time in the afternoon, you do meat and potatoes in the morning, get a full yeah, plate of veggies in the night. That's good. That's, uh, that's a good tip. That's something I actually played around with in the summer because... Uh, I mean, you've been in here in the summer yeah, when we're filming. Yeah, it gets way too hot. It is freaking hot. And I'm like ready to pass out from filming videos, <laughs> let alone trying to train. I'm out here with like three towels, sweating my ass off, feeling like I'm going to pass out on a bench press. Um, so there was no way I was bringing any intent to my accessories. So that's a good point because I was fresh, you know, with the main movement, but then I needed a break. I was ready to pass out, and then uh, at night, all right, I would come in and I, I'd slam my accessories, and I had more intent doing it. So I think that's a really good strategy if you're able to swing it, uh, main movement earlier on, and then you know get your accessories in later in the day. And that's a totally good way to look at it. Um, that worked really well for me, at least in the summer months. You know, right now, yesterday was the first session I banged out in full here in a long time, because you know it's October now, it's starting to chill out a little bit, so it's manageable. Still sweating my ass off, but it's you know it's not a ninety something degree day, so um, yeah, that's a really good point there. Is breaking it up a little bit. Um, accessories. Some of the things I like doing with them, supersetting, um, trying to pair as many together as possible. Just trying to do like a whole giant set. I think that's really valuable because um, it ha allows you to work on your work capacity a little bit. So, you know, traditionally what you'd see lifters maybe do incline dumbbell press, and then you just sit around. Maybe you're on your phone. Uh, I don't know what you're doing. You're just sitting there, though. Um, you know, you're waiting in between those, those sets. But do something with that time in between the sets, and supersetting is a great way to just keep moving. You know, you, you're not going to go from incline dumbbell to flies and then back to incline dumbbell. You know, you're going to have to do something like incline dumbbell to a dumbbell row, something with opposing muscle groups so you're not frying the same thing every time. But, um, you know, if you are hitting different muscle groups, which you should be, um, giant setting, I guess you'd call it, is a great way to get everything together, knock it out in less time. Because, listen, by the time you're done with your meat and potatoes, I mean, you are pretty fried. I mean, you should be, should be pretty fried. That's something I took away from Stan Efferding when he did a seminar. Um, is that if you have anything left in the tank after your main movement, then you probably didn't hit it very hard, um, which is true. You really got to bring it. It's all about the intent, guys. It's all about the intent because you're going to find you're going to be tired as shit if you bring it with intent, even on the warm-ups. If you're sandbagging the warm-ups, of course you aren't going to be tired. So it's about how you approach the lifting. Um, but, yeah, that was a big thing that I took away, and supersetting can be real valuable to increase your work capacity. And what I mean by that is – your ability to recover more quickly between sets. And why is that important? Because now when you go into your meat prep, right, 
uh, you don't have to rest for 10 minutes before you can hit the weight again. You know, say you're doing a few sets of the openers, all right, you get one that's good, the next one starts kind of going to shit, but you rested three minutes, um, now you're feeling freaking gas, you're huffing and puffing, and the rest of the workout's shitty and you feel tired. I mean, that's because you got no work capacity. Um, if you build that up, especially in the off-season through accessory works, then you should feel ready to go again pretty quickly. And the thing is, you never know at what speed the meet's going to take place. So yeah. you got to be prepared for going too fast and not be ready for it. Yeah, listen, you're in trouble if you need 10, 15-minute breaks in order to hit a lift again. Or if you're cramping and you're having all these issues, you're huffing and puffing. Um, for example, you know, this is kind of an outlier, but my meet coming up to Arnold's going to be last man standing. Uh, and that's unique because if you're like one of the last two dudes left, you're going bang, bang. There's no waiting. The bar's loaded. Um, and you are just back to back. That is high pace. That's about as much conditioning as you could get. You're doing a, a real high effort lift, and you're doing it like again a minute later. Um, you know, meat normally isn't to that kind of extreme, but you do have to be ready to jump back in. You don't know how long your flight is. You maybe have 10 people in your flight. That shit's going to move. All right? Imagine if someone, like three people in a 10 man flight, they got the same weight. Now you're coming up real quick. So you got to be conditioned for that shit. If you're tired by your third lift, that you're in trouble. Um, superset, and that, that's a great way. So, and What's yeah. your uh, favorite superset? Favorite superset? I mean, I mean, it just depends what I'm hitting for the day, and I just pair it together. I got you. Um, but I am going to get into tricep supersetting, which we did a uh, video on. I guess that would be a good segue to go into that. Because I know my favorite superset. What's your favorite superset? It, it's tremendously useful, especially you know, when I'm kind of gassed and want to do anything. It's uh, buys, tries, and traps. All right, so you just got like some specific muscle groups you like to really hit, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that, you know, that arm circuit, man. I remember back when I was in bodybuilding, <laughs> nothing better than hitting some buys and some tries. That's the best stuff. You get the hugest arm pump. Uh, right now, I don't really have that because I'm doing back and buys like on, on Monday. And then I'm hitting um, triceps as accessories on my bench day. Um, but maybe I'll sneak a try in there just to get a nice full arm pump. Right after deadlift day when you know you have an extra day off in between four squats. You yeah. know, it's, it's I huge. mean, I have, I don't know if any of you ever measure your pythons, but my pythons are sitting right around 16 and a half, which is uh, low key as shit. I mean, I don't have big arms whatsoever, um, and, you know, it's almost a joke, you know, that I can bench 700 with these puny-ass arms. So, <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I can get all the help I can. I can pump them up a good inch or so from training, but they got to get bigger because I got, like, 16 and a half arms, and that's not acceptable whatsoever. I mean, I should be packing 20-inch pythons, <laughs> but I'm not. They got small, tiny arms, and that's why I got out of bodybuilding because I don't grow for shit. Um, you know, reason being, too, you can see, you can see, these are my, my only tats I got is all this stretch shit coming out of my pecs, because I wasn't supposed to grow, they didn't want me to grow, <laughs> alright, God didn't want me to grow, but I did anyway. Trying to hold you back. Yeah, so I, I beat, beat time, and I am growing anyway, so, yeah, that's what you get. But 16 and a half pythons, not going to cut it. If I want to hit a thousand pound bench, I got to at least pack 20, 20 inch pythons. Um, 
So tricep superset, and I was getting into, and that's something I really like to do. Um, and you can do this. It doesn't have to be triceps. I just do triceps because it relates to the bench press, but this can be really with anything. You can do with the biceps. But what I do is I hit a tricep movement, but then I go right into another tricep movement, but at a, a slightly different angle so that you – you're still coming into it fresh, but you're hitting the same muscle group. So now you're really frying the whole triceps as a whole because that's three muscles. You know, when one is usually taking more of the uh, effort than another, but now you change up the angles a bit. Now you're hitting another head of the tricep a little harder than you are another. So you're really getting a full fry. That's a full stir fry. And uh, so I'll do something like a rope push down where I'm doing a push down variation. And I'll go right into a rope overhead extension. So you put that tricep on stretch a little bit more. And now you're hitting a little bit different area of the tricep. So um, I, I definitely like doing that type of thing. And you can do that. It doesn't have to just be triceps again. Uh, it could be anything. Uh, it could be shoulders. You know, it could be, could be really anything you want. Uh, but triceps I find works really well. Um, fries the shit out of you and if you haven't done it you're gonna be sore the next day all right so prepare yourself um one of my favorite accessories for bench in terms of back work any type of static holds uh i think lifters in general can do a lot more of because uh, you gotta think how are you using your back when you bench all right you're not actively rowing the weight i would say especially for a raw lifter you're not actively trying to row weight down um, I know that's a cue, but um, that's not happening, or it really shouldn't happen. Um, you know, you're catching with your back, but you're not. It's not a row. So, um, static hold allows you to train the back how it works in the bench, and that's statically. When you're benching, you're creating that platform, that tightness in your back, and it's not moving. It's staying where it is. So you have to train it as such. So if you can get into like a seated row or you can do something like a seal row, which is really just the bench switched over in reverse because uh, your belly face down supported and you're just rowing that bar up to the bottom of the bench. Um, if you can just do a static hold there and, you know, think about how long you might bench for. It's not long. Uh, throw some heavy ass weight on there. Hold it for 10 seconds. A good hold. Not one where there's separation, like something you could keep to your chest and hold statically, put a good bend in it. So I would clarify, probably not a shit ton of weight, but a good amount of weight and only do it for about 10 seconds. So you should start breaking down around 12. Um, that can be very valuable because that's exactly how you're using your back when you bench. I had a buddy of mine, uh, Gary Orr, he, uh, we competed in 2017, Arnie. Uh, didn't end up being quite together like I thought because uh, he didn't end up cutting down to 198. Um, and, and I was the loser who did a 27-pound cut. <laughs> but I ended up winning that class But against another guy. Um, but he he's a really good bencher, especially for his weight class. Um, but he used to get some crazy shakes. And he reached out to me one day, um, you know, asking what's going on with his crazy shakes when he's benching. And um, I just told him, hey, you mind? You just hit some more static holds, gave him some exercises to try out. And he did. And then he showed me a video. It was a huge noticeable difference. It was much, much cleaner. Um, but he just probably needed to train his back more statically, especially in the shirt where you're going for a longer duration of time now trying to get that bar down. Static holds are a great, great tool, guys. So if you aren't doing any type of row holds or nothing, 
Uh, definitely throw that into your training now. Help out a lot, especially if you tend to really shake too when you bench. Um, the stability will be big. All right, so that I mean that's what I want to touch on today for the most part. Um, gave you a few exercises, a lot of good tidbits in there. Hope you guys learned a lot. Um, uh, no questions coming in right now. We're all good to go. All right. Um, so again, guys. Make sure you check out the new website. All the bench clinics are listed up there. If you want to make it out to an event, I encourage you to. We got some New York events coming up. Going to be awesome. And again, if you're going to pay 30 bucks for a t-shirt, you might as well come out to a clinic, get a free t-shirt, and learn a shit ton. All right, going to be a great time. Got some new apparel coming out. And if you want our free ebook. Yes, I said free. It is my gift to you. Just jump on BigBenches.com and sign up for our newsletter, and you will get that downloaded, uh, download link to your inbox. And that was one of my favorite projects. A lot of great information in there, guys. Um, so that rounds us up. You know where to find us on the Instagram. Jump into the live next time we film one of these, um, and you know get on the, the Benchcast. Love to shout you out. Uh, at Big Bench is on Instagram. You can follow on YouTube. Definitely hit the subscribe button because we got a lot of great content coming out. We had one of our lifters travel out from Oklahoma at Small Arm Lake Strong here and put together a great compilation of that. That's coming out on the YouTubes. Uh, just some, some great stuff there. If you love benching, you know where to find us. On a bench. Um, had to throw that in there. <laughs> but you know where to find Elvis at Small Arm Leg Strong. Um, so keep keep uh, keep tabs on his one post per month. Alrighty, it's a big post. Yeah, <laughs> usually it's something very deep to say. It's like a lunar eclipse. Yeah, <laughs> if you catch it, you know you'll be amazed. If you are watching the video, we got this bright orange leg bench shirt. You can actually purchase this. This is a size large. You go on, um, you message me if you want the bench cast bright orange leg bench that appears every time. Jump on it and message me if you want this. It's awesome. Got the wrist straps. Check out the wrist straps, elbow sleeves, best gear in the game. And then our online coaching. Message me if you'd like to get hooked up on our program. Would love to work with you. All right, guys. You've been listening to The Bench Cast.